Welcome to another powerful message recorded live at Christ Encounter Ministries in Longobon. We trust that you'll be truly encouraged and blessed by this message. And listening on Castbox and the other channels, you guys are all so, so, so welcome. We really wish that uh, you were here with us. But uh, you are so welcome nonetheless. So family, today I have a, a message that is very dear to my heart. Um, the Lord's really been dealing with me and uh, I'm going to try to hold myself together and, and, and deliver this to you. And uh, before I do, I'd just like to pray and just allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and just uh, get out of the way. So let's all just bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus... Lord, I thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity, but I'll never forget the massive responsibility that it is in representing you, Lord, to your children. Father, I know where I was when I found you. I was nothing, Lord. So how could I take any glory for anything accomplished? If it wasn't for you, Lord, I would be dead. And so everything accomplished, you get all the glory. And so, Lord, I humble myself. I bind any spirit of pride, any spirit of self-promotion, anything that would try to steal your due glory, I pound it. In the name of Jesus, I become less. Holy Spirit, become more in and through me. According to Matthew 10 verse 20, speak to your children in power and in authority. Let lives be changed. Lives be transformed. Let your word go forth into every heart unhindered by anything. In Jesus' name. Father, you spared me for this moment. Now glorify yourself, Lord, in and through me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Family, say this after me. So I declare that my spiritual ears are open and my heart is receptive to receive only that which you, Holy Spirit, are saying to me today. Amen. So family, recently I've been going on a bit of a journey in my, my spiritual walk where I've just been feeling such a, a longing for a deeper experience with God. Just, just a longing for, for more of God. And that's why that song was just so relevant to me. Now, I don't know if there's any, any of, of you out there that have maybe been experiencing that same thing. Just, just feeling like there's more and you're just, just hungry to experience more of God. Now family, don't get me wrong. I've seen God perform the most incredible miracles. I've seen Him do the most incredible things that have left me breathless. I've seen Him perform miracles that was like, like parting the Red Sea for me, literally. I have seen Him cure me of an incurable and a terminal kidney disease. I've seen him cure my wife of, of, of severe health problems. I've seen God perform so many miracles, but I find myself just crying out for more. And I feel so much like Moses did in Exodus 33 verse 15 where he says this. He said, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, 
then don't send us from here. If your presence is not with me, then I don't want to move from this place. And you can sense the absolute desperation and the total dependence that Moses had for God and not his miraculous. Not just his miraculous, but, but for his very presence. For a, for a closeness with him, for, with a friendship, with an intimacy with God. And a few verses down, this is echoed in Exodus 33, verse 18. And Moses says this, Please show me your glory. But that's such a strange statement to make. Because you need to remember that he had seen God in a, in a burning bush. He had seen his staff turn into a snake. He had seen the plagues in Egypt. He had seen the Red Sea literally part. But now he's saying, Lord... Show me your glory. And that seems like such a paradox. But you see, the thing is, he was not compelled by the things of God and by the miracles of God, but he was compelled to have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus or with God. And family, this is the epitome of true spiritual maturity. Where after pursuing God out of a need or a desperation and finding Him there, the need and the desperation is no longer for the need itself, but for a desperation, for a closeness with Him. And that is the definition of true spiritual maturity. In Philippians 3, Paul details his incredible achievements. He talks in Philippians 3, he says, I was born from the chosen tribe, the tribe of Benjamin. At, at eight years old, I was circumcised. I was a Pharisee. I was, and he details how he had reached just the, the climax of his life. He had really reached the pinnacle of his career, you can say. And in Philippians 3 verse 4 in the Amplified, he summarizes all his natural capabilities, and he says this, he says, though for myself, at least I have grounds to rely on the flesh. At least I have accomplished so much that I can rely upon my flesh. If any other man considers that he has or seems to have a, re a reason to rely on his flesh through his physical and outward advantages, I still have more. So Paul was at a place where he had reached in the natural capacity really the top of the pecking chain. And he says this in verse 6. And he said, He's even, according to those days' religious standards, proven to be blameless, and no fault was found with him. How wrong was he? You see, family, compared to you and me in the modern-day dialect, you could say it's like someone saying, I have reached... My goal. I have reached my dream. I have accomplished myself in business. I have reached fame. I have reached honor. Maybe a doctorate in a specific form of study. That's what Paul was saying. He had achieved so much and he believed and he thought that he was completely righteous. He believed that he was blameless and there was no fault in him. But the fact is he was just deceived. In Philippians 3 verse 7, in the Amplified again, he says this, But whatever former things that I might have considered as gain to me, 
whatever former achievements, whatever doctorate, whatever accomplishment in anything, anything that I might consider that is a gain to me, I have considered and come to this point where I realize it as all just one combined loss compared to Christ. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted to Him. Paul was saying that everything he thought was everything to him compared to knowing Christ, compared to having an encounter with Christ, compared to seeing just a glimpse of Christ, was rubbish. It was worthless. It was a waste of time. It was a complete loss, a waste of energy. Because compared to that relationship, nothing else matters. Paul ends off this tradition by ending the passage of Scripture in Philippians 3 verse 8, still reading from the Amplified Classic. He says, for his sake, I have lost everything. And consider it all to be rubbish. Everything this world has to offer, everything I have achieved, everything I have gained, when I thought I was at the top, when I thought I was completely righteous, I have given it all over. It's all rubbish. It's worthless. It's useless. It's all loss. Just in order that I may just win or gain Christ. And that I may actually be found as known as in Him. Wow. Then he ends this off, and this is my prayer. In Philippians 3 verse 10, for His determined purpose, His determined purpose, His determined purpose is that He may know Him and become more progressively and deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. Perceiving Sensing, feeling, knowing, recognizing and understanding the wonders of what? His person. His personality, who He is. You see, family, so many of us have got this completely mixed up. So many of us have uh, have got it all completely mixed up. We are all pursuing God out of need. We are all pursuing God for the blessings. We are all pursuing God for the desperation. And you know, there's nothing wrong with, with pursuing God for rewards because it's, it's scriptural. Hebrews 11 verse 6 in the New King James Version says this, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. But to truly experience the fullness of the blessing of God, we need to get to the point that He is the blessing. That He is the exceedingly great reward and not what we can get from Him. Genesis 15 verse 1 in the New King James Version says this, I am your shield. Wow, just that is so powerful. Man, I've stood on that scripture when I've been persecuted, when I've been in trouble, just to know that He is my shield. He says, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And you see, family, as we start to pursue Christ, as we start to pursue that relationship with Him like Paul was speaking about, all the things just come. 
all the things just effortlessly just follow suit because He is first. Matthew 6 verse 33 says this in the Amplified Classic Version, But seek, aim at, strive after. What are you aiming at? What are you striving over? What are you seeking? Are you even seeking Him? Are you striving after Him? Are you aiming after Him? First of all, His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing things and being right. And God will provide all other things. Family, one day I was intently in prayer and being in the business arena, I was desperate for I had a financial need and it, it's been carrying on for so long. And, um, and I was just so desperate and I was crying out to the Lord and, and I had my scripture, John 16 verse 24. It says, ask and you will receive so that your happiness will be full, so that you will have full joy. So I'm like, Lord, I'm not happy. I'm not happy, Lord. I'm not happy. I'm not happy that I can't pay these bills. I'm saying, Lord, I'm asking you according to John 16, verse 24, that you will give me the money so that I can pay these bills and so that I can be happy. <laughs> and in a moment, God spoke to me. There's a few times in my life where in a moment he speaks to me. And he said to me, son, as long as you are depending upon the provision for your happiness and not depending on him as the provider and finding your peace in there. You're never going to have what you need. Because if I give you everything you need, you won't need me as much. Amen? We are all chasing the blessing, but until He has your heart, until He knows that He has you, until He knows that what can corrupt, wealth can corrupt, family, Blessings can corrupt unless he knows that he has you and he knows that that cannot corrupt you. He will keep you in that place of desperation. And that's not a bad place to be, family. I tell you, that's not a bad place to me. You see, until the need for him, listen carefully, until the need for him is greater than the need for his help or his blessings, we can never trans transition to the place of absolute outpouring of his blessings. Because Yami, child of God, if you can't be fully dedicated to Him without the wealth, without the possessions, you will never be dedicated to Him when you have it. If you find it difficult to come to church and you don't have the holiday home and you don't have all the toys and you don't have the big screens and you don't have all of this, I'll tell you what, you will never be in church once you get that. Never. God wants your heart and He needs your heart. You see, if God simply provided everything you or I needed, you would not need Him as much as you do. And child, hear me. You need Him more than you even know that you need Him. So when God puts you in a place of desperation, He is trying desperately to help you and to save you. Really He is. How else... I mean, how many of you here at church today are here because of desperation? Don't put up your hands. <laughs> at least some of you are honest. Amen? Amen? Can we just be real with each other? You see, family, 
God first had to take the Israelites through the wilderness experience. He first had to test them. The Bible says, He said, I caused you to hunger. I caused you to thirst so I could see what was in your heart. Whether you will learn that you do not live on bread alone. You don't live on your intellect, on your resources, on your finances, but you live of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Until you are there, guess what? Desert experience. But your shoes won't wear out, he says. So you'll make it through by the skin of your teeth, but that's not a good place to be. Amen? And that's scriptural. We learned that. That's actually what Job said, by the skin of his teeth. So family, if you will, I'd like to just take you on a little journey, a very important journey, and just in pursuit of the Lord, because I don't know about you, but I need to go deeper. I really do. I need more of Jesus. Amen? Now, I'm not talking about the knowledge of Him, which is important. The knowledge of Christ is so important because the Bible says grace be multiplied at the knowledge of Christ, of Jesus. Grace is free, but it's conditional. I'm not talking about the knowledge of Him. And I'm not talking about knowing Him. Because the knowledge of Him is important and knowing Him in personal relationship is even more important. That's like paramount, right? But God showed me something else. He said, son, there's something more important than you knowing me. And he said, and that's me knowing you. Buckle up. Are you ready for this? Matthew 25, verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. That's Jesus. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, so they all became drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. Come out and meet Jesus. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. A foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. That's not good. No, they replied, There may not be enough for the both of us. Instead, you go get your own oil. But while they were on their way to go and get their own oil, while they were not ready, Jesus arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the others came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But Jesus replied, He says, but truly I tell you, listen carefully, I don't know you. Wow. So now Jesus had just finished talking to His disciples about the end times. He had just finished in Matthew 24 talking about all the signs of the end times which are so prevalent. We've done a teaching on that in a moment. If you want to get some revelation, if you don't know that we're in the end times, listen to that teaching. Everything that was taught has even been amplified even more. It's amazing. 
Jesus can come at any moment. And so in Matthew 24, his disciples said to him, because Jesus was talking about the end times, said, Lord, tell us, what is the sign of your coming? How will we know when the bridegroom comes? How will we know where does the end of the age? And so Jesus talks about the various signs which you can learn about in, in a moment of time. And then in Matthew 24, verse 40, he speaks about the rapture. Now, I'm not going to get into that now. Yes, I know that word's not in the Bible, neither is Trinity and a whole lot other. But he's talking about the rapture. If you've got any questions, listen to it in a moment of time. I haven't got time to go over it. And in 24, verse 40, he says, Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and the other left behind. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left behind. So clearly he's indicating that in a moment there are some that will be taken and some that will be left behind. And so Jesus then starts to talk in parables. And a parable is something where Jesus explains the deep supernatural things in a natural perspective so that we can understand it. And so he says at that time when people are going to go and then at the end time and at the coming, at the end of the age, this is what it's going to look like. There's going to be ten virgins. Who are the ten virgins? The church. The church of Jesus Christ. The brides who are waiting for their bridegroom. And he says that five of these virgins, 50% of the church was foolish. He said 50% of the church was wise. They all had lamps. They all had oil, which is a representative of the Holy Spirit. They were all born again. But 50% of the virgins were not pursuing the Lord. They were what we can call lukewarm Christians. Amen? We learnt about lukewarm Christians in the past. Revelations 3 verse 15. I know your works, says the Lord, that you are neither hot nor cold. I could wish that you were cold or hot. Make up your mind. Stop being 50-50. If you're going to serve the devil, serve him and make up your mind. But if you're going to serve Jesus, stop playing games. Get off the fence. The devil owns the fence. Make up your mind. And he says, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Wow. Wow. You see, the wise virgins were hot. But the foolish virgins, the foolish church was lukewarm with only a little oil in their lamps. And when the bridegroom came at midnight, only the five wise or hot on fire Christians with lots of oil, and the scripture says that were ready, went in to see the Lord. And then the foolish virgins cry out. They say, Lord, Lord, open the door. And he makes this statement again. Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. But that's just such a paradox to me. That doesn't make sense. How can Jesus say that he doesn't know them? They were the church, right? They were his fiancée. They were waiting for Jesus, so obviously they knew Jesus. 
Obviously, they had an, a knowledge of Jesus. Obviously, they were part of the church, so they knew Jesus. But he makes a statement. He says, but I don't know you. And this hit me like a ton of bricks. First, realizing that half the church is not ready. Not ready for that moment. I tell you, Jesus can come at any moment. All the signs are there. Everything's been fulfilled. And then I realized that it's not good enough knowing Him or knowing about Him, but He needs to know us. Amen? Did you see that in that scripture? It's not good enough knowing Him, knowing about Him. He needs to know us. Matthew 7 verse 22, Many will say to me on that day, judgment day, Lord, Lord, these are Christians. Did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons. In your name perform many miracles. Wow. This is a high level of spirituality. Amen. These people know Jesus. They know the word. They know the power of the name of Jesus. They are in ministry. They are performing. They are doing everything that Jesus said that they must do. But he makes the statement, I never knew you. Wow. Revelations 2 verse 2. I know the things you do. I know the things you do, but do I know you? I know the things that you do. I have seen your hard work. And Jesus is talking to the church here in Revelations. And your patience, endurance. I know that you don't tolerate evil, evil people. You don't just listen to every word. You examine those who say that they are apostles, but they are not. And you have discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting, standing on the name of Jesus, standing on His Word. But I have this one complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. And do the works you did at first. Wow. See how Jesus is talking to the church. He's saying, look, how, I see how hard you've been working serving me. I see how you live a holy life. You reject evil. You reject evil people. You scrutinize those who teach you. You are so patient. You are so hardworking. You are standing on the word, enduring the troubles, never quitting. But look how far you have fallen. How? How after being so committed to serving Jesus can we fall? Fallen from what? From relationship. He says, you don't love me like you used to, but this is the key. He says, or each other. You see, there was no reciprocal relationship from Jesus. You knew Jesus. You were doing things for Jesus. Doing, carrying on. But does Jesus know you? And he says, consider 
Consider how far you have fallen. Consider how committed you used to be to serving Him. Consider how committed you were to going to church, reading your Bible, praying, set aside time for Him, pursuing Him. I'm going to throw it out there. Bible college. How far have you fallen? How far have you backslid? What is it that you were doing in pursuit of Him out of a love relationship that you are no longer doing? How far have you fallen from your first love? How little do you know Him and He knows you? You see, family, there's a huge difference between knowing someone and even serving someone and them knowing you. In my personal life, I get so busy managing business, managing ministry, carrying on, and I, and I work from home. So I have the privilege of being around my, my, my wife, and I see her all the time. But you know, there's times that she comes to me, and she just looks me in the eye, and she says, Carl, I miss you. I don't like crazy woman. How can you say something like that? <laughs> I'm around you all day long. <laughs> How can you miss me? You know, that doesn't make sense to me. She says, I miss you. I miss you. I don't know you. And I never figured that out, but I finally got a revelation. Because it's the same with Jesus. Family, we need to ask ourselves the hard questions. We need to ask ourselves that if Jesus comes, which of the ten virgins will we be? Are we the foolish virgins? Are we the wise on fire virgins? Amen. Family, will he be pleased with us when he comes? Or will he have something against us? We need to get back to where he is number one. The Bible says, Genesis, in the beginning, who? God. We need to get back to where He is. Listen, there's no time to play games. No time to play church. No time to be 50-50 and having all your questions that's preventing you from getting to God. Get to God and answer the questions later. Amen. We need to get to back to that place where Jesus is number one. Will you get up in the morning and before you grab your idol, before you worship your idol, before you worship your social media, amen, say good morning to Jesus. Amen. I'm only saying this because this is what the Lord ministered to me. I'm not pointing fingers at you. Every morning I wake up, that idol screams for attention very, very loudly. But I put Jesus first. Amen. We need to make time to spend time with Him. That He can know us. Not just know us as the one, Lord, I need this, Lord, I want this, Lord, can I have this, Lord, help me with this. That's fine. But we need to get to the point where we just open up our hearts and just let Him know us. Just have relationship with Him. It's so important, family. It's so important. Family, I don't know about you, but I was convicted in, in teaching this message.
I was convicted in preparing this message. There was many times when I was preparing this message that I was just weeping. Family, we need to change. We need to repent. We need to turn back to Jesus. We need to get to that point where He knows us. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from your heart of uh, from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Jeremiah 24 verse 7 says, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return to me with their whole heart. Their whole heart family. And I'm closing so you guys can just bear with me. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Can I ask everybody to just bow their heads and just to close their eyes for a moment, please? Thank you, Jesus. So, family, if you felt a conviction from the Holy Spirit this morning, perhaps you don't even really have that relationship with Jesus perhaps you've been going to church or you've gone to church or you consider yourself a good person or a religious person but in John 3 Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus who was the church you could never be as religious as he was and he said Nicodemus you need to be born again Nicodemus said how do I do that do I climb up my mother's womb he said no you have to be born of the Spirit and unless you're born of the Spirit you will not enter the kingdom of heaven and so maybe you don't know Jesus maybe you've never been born again and it's a very real thing family I want to give you an opportunity I want to pray with you I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to call you to the front but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand why? Why must you do that? Well, if you can't make a stand for Jesus here, you will never make a stand for Him outside. And so, when I do that, when I ask you to count to the to three and to raise your hand, there's, there's no one looking around. It's just you and Jesus. And you are saying, Lord, I choose you. I hear you calling me. Revelation says, Behold, I'm knocking on your heart. And many of you here today, you're experiencing that knocking on your heart. You experience it. Right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You feel your heart beating in your chest. You know that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. And if that's you, then I encourage you, when I give you that opportunity, to raise your hands. But then I also want to pray for all of those who who maybe have drifted who maybe have lost their first love a little bit and realized that this morning and you want to make a fresh commitment a fresh commitment to get back to making him your first love 
And I'm also going to ask you to raise your hands. I know my hand's going up. You know, Jesus could be nailed naked to a cross. Then you and I have no excuse to at least put up our hands and acknowledge Him. So with no one looking around, just Jesus and you, at the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Praise Jesus. Hands going up everywhere. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So family, Romans 10 verse 9 says this. You can put your hands down. Romans 10 verse 9 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you verbally confess and make Jesus your Lord and you believe that He died for you and He rose again, which is an historical fact, you will be saved. And so we're going to pray that prayer together. We're also going to pray for a new touch of the Holy Spirit, a new dedication. And I want to ask everybody that has lips and has breath to please pray this prayer for the benefit of everyone. Let's make those feel comfortable, family. Now forget about me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The Bible says that when you become born again, He rescues you. He is ready to rescue you. The Bible says He takes you out of the kingdom of darkness and places you into the kingdom of light. Wow. The Bible says that at this born again experience, He comes and He places an invisible seal on you, saying, You are mine. Wow. Praise Jesus. So focus on Him right now. He's here, family. Pray this with all your heart to Jesus. Say, Father, can I ask everybody to pray, please? Say, Father, this morning, I hear you calling. I hear you knocking on my heart. I open up wide. I ask you, come inside. Fill me. Touch me. Change me. Rescue me from this world and into your world, your kingdom. I know I've messed up, Lord. I've made many mistakes. But I ask you now to forgive me, to wash me, to cleanse me, to make me white as snow to give me a new beginning with you. I place my hand in yours and I say, lead me, Lord. I need you. I really need you, Lord. So, Father, take out the stony heart Put in a new heart. A heart to love you. 
heart to serve you. Help me to make you my first love that I will never turn from. I'm so sorry, Lord. Father, I just pray for every person here today that has prayed this prayer. Lord, for a tangible touch from your Spirit right now. As their hearts are open to receive Spirit of the living God, flood them with you, with your love, with your peace. Touch them, Lord. Let them never be the same. Let them experience you. In Jesus' name. Family, on the tables, we have little salvation booklets. I think they're running short there. Is that right, Omri? I just see a few. Is there enough salvation booklets? Okay. In there is your new birth certificate. In there is explanations of everything that we've just done because it might not make sense to you. So grab that little booklet. If you want to grab and give to someone else, please do so. There's a question and answers and you can learn about everything that's just happened. This prayer is in there again. You can have your new birth certificate. I encourage you to please take that. At the same time, take one of those pamphlets and give it to someone. Start to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Start to spread the gospel. Amen. Now family, just a, a, a other note. We, uh, this venue, we, we, we subject to the Mykonos conference rules. So when they have conferences and bookings yeah we unfortunately need to vacate this building and so for the next two weeks we are going to be having online church and uh, at the same time we are uh, in discussions with another um, place where we are looking to get a more firm home so now as as we go as we depart i want to pray the, 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 the Lord's blessing over you. So in faith, stretch out your hands to me and receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord commanded Moses to tell Aaron, and he said, this is how you bless my people. So in the name of Jesus, I prophesy over you that the Lord bless you and he watches over you and he will guard you and take care of you. The Lord make his face to shine upon and enlighten you, being gracious and kind and merciful, giving favor to you. The Lord look upon you with his approving countenance and give you peace, tranquility of heart and life continually. And according to Psalm 91, I declare that the angels of God encamp around you and protect you and your family in everything that you do. And no sickness and no disease will come to your tent in Jesus' name. And I declare according to Psalm 138 that the Lord will work out His plans for you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, that the Lord will cause you to prosper and give you a bright future. Now, child of God, leave the sanctuary. And from wherever you are listening and watching, filled with the love, peace, power, and the Holy Spirit, with a new commitment and a fresh desire to draw nearer to Jesus and make a difference in the kingdom of God and be the answer to this lost and dying world. Family, we love you. And we look forward to seeing you online and 
download the app so that you can see where we're going to be having church. Amen. Because it'll be on the events. Amen. Love you guys. Take care. Enjoy your Sunday. trust that you are truly blessed and encouraged by this message. If you would like to find out more about Christ Encounter Ministries in Longabon, please feel free to check out our website at christencounter.co.za.